Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. Released in 2006, The Covered encapsulates many issues associated with emotional abuse. This week's guest's memoir talks about her abusive relationship and the consequences of maintaining unhealthy relationships. Learning how to adapt to parenting is already challenging enough, but learning how to manage as a single co-parent is another obstacle. Alexis Nicole White has learned how to successfully implement a work-life balance while continuously growing her career as a STEM professional, owning her own business and raising her seven-year-old son. Whether from parent to child or within romantic relationships, Alexis would like to empower all women to take control of their relationships by optimizing healthy relationships from every perspective. She is now a consultant, strategist and business coach that offers small business owners the skills and expertise to help them create, scale and deliver products, services um, or results that increase revenue. Hi, Alexis. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming and joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. No, that's cool. That's cool. So look, hey, tell us, tell us about your story and how, um, how you got to come and write a book, write the covered. So yes. So the covered was inspired by true events of my life. And at the time, I was coming out of the situation with my son's dad. And I felt like it was so many misconceptions going on about who I was as a person, what I had to contribute to the world, the things of my accomplishments. I felt like a lot of who I was as a person had been completely overshadowed by the chaos of what was going on with that situation. And so I've always been a writer. I have always been creative and I wanted to be able to put my thoughts on pen about who I was as a person as I birthed this person into the world. And it was really a letter not only to other women, but to my son. Like this, this is who I was before you came along and I'm not necessarily happy about it. But these are the learning lessons of things that I've learned. And as I've matured as his mom, I have been so determined to like not repeat those same steps again. And I've been very conscientious about, you know, the things that I do. And, you know, like, for example, if I go to the beach, I don't care where I am. I just, you know, I know people are free to express. I'm not wearing a thong swimsuit. I'm like, I'm somebody's mom, (laughs) you know. Now, even though he's not there... (laughs) You know, even though he's not there, but it's like, what if somebody takes a picture and he sees this, you know? 
So, you know, that's my own insecurity, right? Because it's like, okay, you're at a, you're on vacation, but it's just like, I am somebody's mom. Like I take that very serious, you know? So, you know, it's just me expressing, you know, again, to the world, this, I'm not who you think I am. I'm a lot of things. I've overcome a lot of things, but I'm really not who you think I am. And I just want people to know that the situation and the circumstances surrounding the birth of my son was not about what people thought it was about. And just giving a voice to who I was at that moment in time. Yeah, look, I've read excerpts from the book and like, wow, you know, I mean, it's uh, like it was a whole different world for you, really. But like, so you found that in, in, in writing the book, it was a bit like drawing a line in the sand and saying, right, that was the emotional abuse that I was dealing with and all of that stuff but this is not me now this is about me moving forward this is about a rebirth as such maybe I should do this maybe I should write a book but this is about you going that was that was then you know that was you know me as another person and now I'm moving forward and I'm you said rebirthing yourself as such I think I got that right so yeah did you find that you – no, sorry. Did you find that you um, you could forgive a lot of things? Was it like a cathartic, like, therapy? Yes, because one thing that people know about me, like, they know when I put my mind to do something, I, it's, it's good as done, you know. Um, so I'm very determined when it comes down for me to do the things that I need to do. And so writing the book was telling my story about, look, I moved to a whole different city, you know, with $150. And these are the nonsense that, I mean, and this was back in 2008. So it was a crisis going on here in America, a full-fledged crisis. Oh, yeah. a A hurricane came through, it broke a pipeline. So gas was $5 a gallon then, you know. So it was just a lot of different things going on. And it was like, okay, I was determined to come here with a purpose. And I literally built my career and my life with that $150. And I dealt with all of these different things. I overcame all of these circumstances. And now I meet this person who throws a whole different monkey wrench in my plan of what I want to do for myself. In addition to that, um, I had a lot of circumstances to occur. So I was laid off at the time from my job as my son was being born. That all happened within one week. So it was like, you know, ladies, you can go through circumstances and still overcome and still thrive. I think a lot of times when we're talking about single parenting, you know, especially in America, right? It's such a negative stigma on single parents. And even now, even though my son is globally, yeah, okay. So you know, it's not fair. You know, globally, it's it's not fair. You know, people people look at you like you're trash. You know, Um, and and it's sad because you know so many guys who have children who've been married before, you know, who are older, who have whatever you know knocks against them, right? People they're not forgiving of us as women with children. You know, it used to be a respectable thing, like to respect a woman with a child or with children. And that's not the case now. You know, people look at you and they turn their nose up. So, you know, 
I would like to be a part of the solution and be like, okay, ladies, you can overcome. You can still have your career. You can still multitask. You can still be the soccer mom. You can still be on the PTA or not, (laughs) you know, like it's okay, but don't lose yourself in this this negative notion because it's hard already enough just getting up every day and doing the things that you're doing continue to do things for you and there's a community for you there's a space for you because what you're doing is important and you're important and you're loved and you're needed even though the world is telling you always that you're nobody you're less than you know um you're you're the pickovers you know or leftovers is what they call them now you know and it's just not fair so that's what I wanted people to know you know like I wasn't just as, as I'm sure you were too, Claire, you know, you, you weren't just, Oh, I'm hearing you. I'm <laughs> hearing you. Yeah. And I, but also I think we, we as single moms, like I know like one of the reasons I stayed with my son's dad for the time, that, for the period of time that I did was because every, like, I had a notion in my head, like I was destroying my son's life. He, you know, um, you know, if he didn't get brought, I was brought up, my parents are still together, right? I'm very lucky and I'm probably very rare, right? Because, you know, one in three marriages break down and all of this stuff. And so um, I'm lucky. My parents are still together. They've been together 50 odd years, right? Sometimes I don't know why they're still together because they drive each other crazy, but... They're there. They're working through it, okay. But um, but the thing is, like, I was like, oh, my, you know, uh, I was being told that people um from you know kids from single families, single parent families, end up on drugs. They end up in crime. You know, they um end up with you know mental health issues and all of this stuff, right? Um, which isn't true. Like at the end of the day, as long as they have one safe, secure parent, right? It isn't true, but yeah, do you know, I, I get you, I get you. And and I'm determined for him not to be one of those statistics. I am determined to um, provide for him and give him everything that he wants and everything that he needs. Um, and in a way I've gone, I don't care what people think. This is me and I'm not sex sloppy seconds and I'm not, you know, I'm a human being. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Absolutely. And, you know, it's challenging too, because, you know, luckily for me, I grew up in a single parent household, right? So I was like at the cusp of this new trend. And so my mom was 20 years old when she had me. I was a college kid, baby. You know what I mean? So like my dad and my mom never were together, but they co-parented. So they really, they really had a successful relationship where I was able to, you know, see what is plausible. And granted, it's not ideal. Let me say that. I never wanted, you know, I don't think any of us wake up and say, I think today I just want to be a single parent. Now there are some people who do because they really want to have a baby and, you know, things just didn't happen for them the way that they thought it was. But at the end of the day, I don't know anyone who just woke up and said, today is the day I just want to be a single parent. And so, you know, it was really about me too with the book, overcoming my fears and notions of what I thought a single parent was, you know, because like I kept saying, I don't want to be like you. I don't talking to my mom, you know, I don't want to be like you. 
And not that it was anything wrong to be like her. I just didn't aspire to be in this situation. You know, my mom had me, she went on and got three other degrees. You know, she, (laughs) you know, like she's very successful in her own way. So even with that, you know, my mom had two kids, never been married, you know, and still has achieved higher education, has two masters and a, a PhD. So, you know, like, still doing well, you know? So it's, it's this notion out there that I would love to debunk, but I know I can't do it by myself, you know? So it's just creating a community of women where we can come together and say, you know what, this is me showing up as my authentic self. Sorry, I have, sorry, not sorry. I have a child. This is my natural body. You know, I'm overwhelmed today. So yes, I'm a little bit crazy or I'm a little bit cranky or my son is sick or, you know, I have a lot of things to do and I'm just feeling anxious. So I'm bouncing off the walls today. This is who I am at the end of the day. And I'm not going to be apologetic about who I am. I'm not going to be apologetic about what I have to contribute to the world. And I'm not going to be apologetic for what happened to me then because life moves on and I've moved on. So, you know, it is what it is. And just, I just want people to love on themselves, you know, just love on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because so um, if people want to know what happened to you and what we're talking about, please buy the book, the cover, the cover. Um, I'll put the links down there, but basically it was to do with you. You basically went through an emotional abusive relationship and people can read about that and and go from there but like I'm interested to know right because I've been in that situation too um what was the turning point for you what was the turning point where you went nah not doing this this is this is time to go like was there a switch point or did it just build up and you go I've got to do I've got to get out of this otherwise I'm not going to survive so I didn't realize and this is the this is the Oh, wow. About the book. Most of us do not realize that we're in emotionally abusive situations. With the age, I of agree. The, with the age of the internet, you know, now people are talking about, oh, you're toxic. Oh, you're just so net. You know, we know the minimum. You know, like I'm so tired of people calling people narcissistic. And while that may be true, but, but do you understand that there's other medical conditions that can attribute to narcissism? You know, i.e., depression builds narcissism. Um, you know, it's just so many, it's different types of narcissism, right? So, I mean, but it's just like, we, we're throwing these blanket statements out there. So people have an awareness, but now it's almost desensitizing and making a mockery of the severity of what it means to be exposed to toxic people, right? So for me, I did not realize that mm. there were four different types of emotional abuse and five, depending on who you ask, that's your mental abuse, your verbal abusive, your emotionally abusive, you're physically abusive, you're financially abusive, right? So those are the five ways. Now, I said four originally because if you think about all of those different things, those all equate to emotional abuse because those are those are feelings that come, you know, those are inadequacies, those are inefficiencies. And so what happens is when you're going through these relationships, you just, you, you pick up because everybody who comes into your life, they deposit. And so if you live your life, especially growing up in a a verbally abusive household, you would think that that's acceptable, right? So for me, a peeve of mine is when I hear parents cursing at their children. That drives me nuts. Like I get so indignant Mm. because it's like, what a way to demean your child, you know, and to lower their self-esteem and 
break their confidence. Mm-hmm. And I realize that some people are just ignorant and they don't know that's what they're doing. But just think about it. If you're always cursing at your child and they grow up thinking that you don't love me because you don't curse at me or you don't love me because you, you know, so, or they might not even have that mentality, right? It may be more so like, oh, I think this person loves me because this is what they're always saying, or it makes me feel inadequate or insecure, or, you know, those are subtle ways that this builds up in a relationship. And before you know it, it goes from a verbal abuse to a physical abuse. And it goes from a physical abuse to a financial abuse and a sexual abuse. And next thing you know, you're in this box where you're isolated and you can't get out. Now, granted for me, my situation wasn't that severe, but the point is, is that I didn't know that I was willingly subjecting myself to these different things and these different behaviors subtly. And it just snowballed, right? So by the time I got with my son's father, I was just like, okay, like, so it wasn't a, a line in the sand, you know what I mean? It was more so like, you have got to make wiser decisions for you because this is costing you too much of your sanity. You know, a lot of us, when we're in these situations with people, when we have children, it's a pride thing. It's an ego thing, you know, and I'm not saying to be boastful, but it's like, when you have a baby, You want to stay with the dad. I don't care what nobody says. You fight for that family because something in you happens. It's just like a trigger. Go bloop. Okay, my family. Let me protect my family. That's when mama bear comes. You know, let me protect my family. Let me keep my family together. And a lot of times, instead of us saying, you know what, this situation isn't serving me anymore and it's okay if I move on, forget what the stigmas are, forget what the statistics say, you know, let me raise my child and be happy on my own. You decide to stay in these abusive situations and then you're raising your child to grow up, be the the child that I was telling you about before, where, you know, so it becomes a cycle. And so, you know, for me, it was like, it's funny because my son's father, I swear he's so bad. He He won't admit it, but I know because every time he gets upset, we are the one that moved. But I literally upped and moved in the middle of the night one night. I called my mom and I said, come get me. I like, I'm out, you know? And I I moved to Indiana in the States and I didn't come back for two years. (laughs) So, you know, while I was running because I didn't confront my problems, I went away far enough to where it was out of sight, out of mind. And I detached myself and I grieved. And I felt like a woman who was going through a divorce. And I know that that's like a strong sense, but that's the only way I can explain it to you. Because when you are so tied to a person and you have so much of your life with the person and now you don't have them, you grieve. And that was a fundamental piece that I never understood uh, from previous relationships is that it's okay to grieve. It's okay to mourn the loss of a friend. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to recognize I'm embarrassed how this turned out, especially with social media. You know, like we post pictures and all of a sudden you don't post pictures. So now you're snatching all the pictures that a person's Mm. off your timeline, you know? Um, But it's like, it's okay to say I'm disappointed because I want it better for myself. And, and, you know, I fought for something, a different outcome and that didn't happen. Um, But we're not allowed to embrace all of those feelings. We're not allowed to express that. And, you know, because people, especially when you're a woman of color, they're always expecting you to be strong. They're expecting you to not be weak. 
They're expecting you to protect someone who's not protecting you. And it's just so many expectations that you shoulder that you don't realize that this is not healthy for me. And it, yeah. it just really got to the point to where I said, I'm not dealing with this yeah. anymore. I, you know, after I got that out of my system, I signed up for therapy so that I can learn why I'm thinking the way that I'm thinking, you know, and still to this day, I'm still a little guarded, but it's like, I'd rather be safe than sorry. I'm not exposing myself to someone else in that way, just to be abused and discarded when they ready to move on. Like, I don't, I don't have that kind of time in me anymore. So completely you know, agree with yeah. you. I'm nearly five. Yeah. I, I'm nearly five. I'm nearly five years out, and I'm like, I don't want to go on dating apps. I don't want to date anyone. Whatever the world throws at me is what the world will throw at me. I'm cool with that. I'm very happy. It's just me doing my stuff, bringing my kid up the way I want to bring him up, and instilling in him the good stuff. You know, I want to bring a kid up that like looks after you know, is, is respectful, is trustworthy, is honest, looks after his family and all of those sort of things. So that's, you know, and I think, and I had to get out of my situation because I didn't want to have my child in that toxic environment. I didn't think it was very good. And, um, and I think it's a lot more healthier for him to have separate parents than to have us living in the same household. And, um, for us to progress forward. But I understand completely. Like it's, you said you two years for you where you just disappeared, right? I mean, wow. I mean, yeah, I feel as though it was two years for me to come away and actually heal myself. I went through three years of therapy, you know, going to a counsellor before I left and then a few years after I left because I had to heal me. And I was like you, I was going, why am I, why am I, why do I keep picking these people? Like, why did I choose this person to have a child with? So yeah, man, it's just, and, and I'm, my day job, I manage multi-million dollar programs and projects and, you know, I manage people, you know, I, it's, you know, I just found myself in a situation where I just didn't seem to be myself. It was crazy. For, for, year, for a few years. Life happens. And this is the thing that we have to learn to do as people is to give ourselves grace and make, give ourselves mm. permission to make, make mistakes. Because if you ever, you know, like if I met my son's father and I knew this would be the outcome, the answer would have been all oh, hecky to the gnaw, you know, like, but, but out of this, <laughs> You know, out of this, something beautiful came and that's a child, you know, and whatever his purpose and his calling is, he needed my DNA, he needed his DNA, and he's going to grow up to become who he is. So I'm okay with that, but I had to give myself permission to forgive me for making the choice that I made um, and going through the things that I went through, you know, and that that's hard, Right. Because we can always, you know, like my son says, I'm so sorry, please forgive me, please. You know, and it's it's so easy to say you're forgiven, but how do you say that to yourself? You know, like, how do you say that to yourself? And especially when your life changes. I mean, no, no two people get together and their lives are never not changed. But when you have another person, that's an extension of you that you didn't have before. So now you're giving birth to a whole different version of yourself 
And how do you move forward? Because now this is not looking like what you thought this situation was going to look like. And you have to give yourself literally permission to say, you know what? It's okay. I don't know all the answers, but I'm doing the best that I can with what I have. And this this is my circumstance and I'm overcoming it each and every day and be done with it. I agree. It's about forgiving yourself, right? Because that was that was one of the things that was one of the things I found the hardest was to forgive myself. But but to a certain extent, forgive forgive the situation and the relationship and the other person that I was with um as well. They had been traumatized and they their life has made them who they are and um and you know I'm sure if they if they wanted to be any I sure they don't want to be where they're at so you know I I don't know I'm not them so I can't put the words in their mouth but yeah I yeah it's a lot to my yeah what would you like okay so what would your advice be if you were a mum or a dad because let's face it let's not let's not say that dads don't get into emotionally you know domestic violence emotionally abusive relationships as well because they do they do. Um, they do and um you know and I, I think I would imagine some of the dads out there some of the single dads out there would be sick of hearing about all the women getting emotionally abused and if they've gone through emotional abuse they'd be like what about us so like what advice would you give to somebody who's in this situation at the moment? And, you know, what, what would you, what would you, what advice would you do? So you're absolutely right. And thank you for pointing that out. Emotional abuse is not synonymous with women. Men go through it too. Men have it harder than us because they're taught to deny their emotions and their feelings. You know, they're, they're taught to Mm. keep it to yourself you know, or just disclose it to a trusted source, you know, and not talk about it. And that's not healthy for them either. One of the toxic, most toxic things that we teach men is that boys don't cry, you know? And it's like, what do you mean? Obviously there's a feeling, you know, there's a feeling that has prompted, if you think about the difference between feelings and emotions, a feeling is anxiety, you know, and if you think about anxiety, I can be excited and nervous at the same time, which creates anxiety, right? So there's two contrasting feelings going on. Those are feelings, right? Those are thoughts that you have, right? Then you have emotions, which prompts any a physiological response. So if you're anxious, for example, your heart could be beating very fast. Or if you're upset, you could be breathing heavily and your heart could be beating fast. If you're, you know, hurt, your heart can be beating fast because you're physically hurt and now you're crying because you're physically hurt from pain so when you think about all of these different things that combust if you're at the point to where you're crying there is something grieving you so deeply that that is the only response that you have and you're telling a man you can't cry what do you mean like so that that's that's like the first part so i wanted to absolutely acknowledge what you said now my advice to be to somebody who's going through this and may be unaware. First and foremost, journaling will save your life because you can get a lot of those feelings and emotions out. You know, you can journal and cry. You can, you know, get the anger out. You can write hard, you can write fast, whatever it is, right? But you're documenting how you're feeling. You're talking your experiences out. 
And I know people are like, I don't have time for that. Voice notes, you know, like, but you have got to get it out, right? But at the end of the day, when you get time to go back and flip through those pages and you see, you can give yourself some credit for the growth that you've done. And if you know that, you know, I'm not well because I'm always feeling this way, that's an indicator that this is a problem. You know, a lot of times we're always telling people compromise, compromise, compromise. Well, it's not compromise if the other person is getting their way all the time. And now you're just, you know, I'm going to shoulder this and I'm going to put this in a box and I'm going to shoulder that and I'm going to put this in a box. So where do you get your voice heard if the other person is always triumphing your voice or your feelings or discarding, you know, so then you talk about respect. It's so many ways that this can go, right? Because at the end of the day, we are more tolerant now of disrespect than we ever have been. So when you think about it in that aspect, if you're feeling that way all the time, it is time for you to say enough. I'm I'm no longer tolerating this because there is a difference between tolerance and acceptance, you know? And just because I tolerate something doesn't mean I accept it. So like a case in point, um, great example with emotional abuse. So... I'm conscious of self-conscious about my weight. I don't know about you, but like, since I have my baby, I'm definitely self-conscious about my weight. I don't have time to do anything about it, but I'm not running to go get plastic surgery. Not No knocking oh, yeah. to anybody else who does that. That's just not who I am, right? Yeah. So, that too, you know, or the downtime, right? So if I wear something and I'm I ain't got the money. you that um, I'm insecure about my body. Yeah. But when I wear a sundress or a maxi dress, you're talking about the back fat on my back, you know, that eventually makes me insecure. <laughs> I mean, that, that this is a petty example, but it's a simple, subtle example. Yes. But it's little, it's, it's little and it's subtle and it happens mm -hmm. consistently all the time. So it is, but also it is about discounting so it is about gaslighting at the end of the day. So it is about people going, what are you talking about? Like, this is not like, it's you. You're the one who's at fault. You're the one. So, you know, it's it's just, if it's a healthy relationship, you're not in that, you're not the one to be blamed all the time. It should be an adult relationship where somebody is respecting that you have an emotion, you have a feeling, and it's not all on you as the other person. You know, oh, I'm only doing this because you do X, Y, and Z. Well, no, mm -hmm. you're an adult. You have a choice in what right. you're doing, what you're saying, where you're going. You're and even an adult. If you say, and even if you say, oh, I like to pinch my back fat. And you say, oh, you know, I like this little back fat. Or, you know, you should do something to work this off. And I've already explained to you this. Just because I tolerate and don't say anything doesn't mean that I accept what you're saying to me. Because it's hurtful. And now you're you're totally disrespecting my feelings because this is an insecurity that you're making fun of, you know. And so, so then what? You know, like what else are you you doing? So that that's how it goes. I agree. I agree. And I am a different person to who I was ten years ago because probably I would be the same as you. I would have said I would have tolerated it. I would have ignored it. I would have brushed it off. Um, but it's disrespectful, right? It's disrespectful. Whether you're saying, oh, but I like it, and I'm going, well, 
it's disrespectful for me. You're making and highlighting that point, okay? I would prefer that you didn't make that comment or whatever, right? So I would actually, it's just not an adult thing. Like, it's just, it's like going to a little baby. And it's like, it's just not. Yeah, it's not an adult thing to say. And so I would actually, I would have stayed quiet 10 years ago. Not now. I would yeah. be like, well, I don't appreciate that. Thank you. But that's not making me feel good. That's not filling my bucket up. So please don't say that. It would actually be, it would be a red flag for me straight away. If somebody had said that, I'd be like, do I want to be with this person or not? Straight away. There's so many, there's so many more things that fly red flags up for me. And nowadays, and maybe that's why I'm not in a relationship, because I sit there and I go, no, I can't, I just can't be bothered to deal with red flags. Right. Like, I'm happy to be on my own, thanks. Right, but if you're in that situation, though, like, those are little small things that you can journal, and you yes. can go back and say, okay, well, you said something about my back fat yesterday, the day before yesterday. So then it's like, well, what do you do? And, and what I would encourage anyone in that type of situation to do is if you're noticing that there's a pattern in how you're feeling and it is not good and it is not well, and it is not progressing. And they're, 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 cause they, let's be clear in emotional situation, there can be highlights, right? But that goes into the gaslighting and that's that circular motion of, of abuse and how that exactly. all goes. So just familiarize yourself you know, with what these things look like so that you can get out. Because if you're not your best self, your child learns these unhealthy, toxic behaviors, and then they repeat it in the world because that's what they know is normal. You know, children come in this world knowing nothing, just like we don't know nothing about them. They don't know anything about us. So we teach them everything. And if you're not teaching them how to be healthy, happy, and hold and building their confidence and showing them what love is and showing them what care is and showing them what respect is, they will literally go out and grow up in the world and abuse other people. And if you think about it, you know, we make fun of Karen. We make fun of Karen now, right? But my son said to me the other day, he goes, mommy, are bullies mothers Karen and Ken? And, you know, but he's, he had a point and I was like, well, what made you say that? Because at the end of the day, these bullies, they go to school and they project, right? On something that's going on at home, they're projecting because they've learned something. So they're projecting it onto other people and then they grow up and then they become the coworkers that nobody likes because they're, they're the Karens of the world or the Kins of the world or whatever, you know, world you want to call, whatever name you want to call them. They become these toxic people in society that we love to avoid, but at the end of the day, somebody's married to them yeah. or not, you know, wow. but, but that's how this cycle goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, completely. And, um, and in a way I sit there and I go, um, really in situations where kids are being bullied at school or whatever, I just sit there and go, well, who's actually, I think in those situations, the bully's probably the person who needs the more help because, you know, they're the ones, they might have been, they might be being abused at home. They might be, and not, and not, when I say being abused, right, and I, I suppose 
when you're talking about children, okay, and you say they're being abused at home, it might be that, like, I don't mean physically being abused or slapped or locked in a cupboard or whatever, but they may well be doing that. But it might be that they're just being belittled. Like you say, their parents are swearing at them and, like, you know, putting them in a space that um, doesn't make them feel worthy of themselves. You know, it's a bit like, well, I'm, I don't feel good enough. So because I don't feel good enough, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to make somebody else feel not good enough and then I'll feel good enough and and the cycle continues exactly like you say um and you know and and look at the end of the day um it may not be the parents fault either right the parents might have gone through and been in toxic relation you know so like to me I look at it and go like there's a lot of healing that needs to go on in this world we've you know we've all We've all been brought up as best we can be brought up. Some of us, uh, some of us, our parents have had a clue and they've like, you know, read about things and, you know, but even so, still all buttons get pushed. My son still pushes my buttons. Um, I had a hell of a day yesterday, really busy from flat out from the morning till like 10 o'clock at night. And I cracked it out at one point and he was like, oh, I'm sorry, mum. And I'm, but you know, um, and that was buttons being pushed. I was tired and blah, blah, blah. But then I sat him down. And I said, hey, look, you know, I really didn't handle that situation very well, buddy. You know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have shouted at you. Um, that's not mummy, you know, that's not mummy handling it very well, you know. And he said, yeah, no, you didn't handle it very well, mum. Maybe you should have done X. And I said, yeah, do you know what? I'll try that next time. And so we sit and we talk about it. And he understands, like, I try and make out that I'm not perfect. I'm human. It's, that's why I've got a podcast that says strong, single and human, because we're all human. We all have those moments where we go, ah, and, you know, it's overload, whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, but to actually sh- sit down with your kid and go, hey, look, I had one of those overload moments. And too. I know. I, it's not a, yeah. it's not a positive too, thing. And I, I apologize with my son. You know, I told, I've told him before, I'm like, I'm sorry, you know. When I keep asking you, I don't like to repeat myself. So when I keep asking you to do something over and over again, that frustrates me. And then I get aggravated. And then that is the outcome of my frustration. You know, um, <laughs> you know, like I, I tell my son, like, I'm sad today. He's like, why? What's wrong? I'm so sorry, you know, um, that that happened to you. Or, um, you know, I, I told him one day, I said, <laughs> one day I told him, I said, I said, mommy is tired. I said, do you know? And I explained to him like what you said. I had a long day, you know, because yeah. I, I too manage multi-million dollar projects and programs. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I had a long day, you know, I said, I'm tired. And so what I did was I translated it into his world. I said, can you imagine going to school at seven 15 and staying there until like six o'clock and the bell just doesn't ring and every minute goes by very, very slow. And then like people are talking to you, you know, and I just, I framed it that way. And yeah. he rolled his eyes. He said, Oh, sounds like you're doing too much. <laughs> But that's great. And it's great framing it in their world, right? Because then they, you know, where you go, oh, you just have a test every hour or whatever. And your teacher asks you to stand up in class and do, you know, all of those sort of things. Because it then gets them to go, oh, yeah, no, you've had a hard day. You had a really hard day. Shame. No, that's that's awesome. That's cool. What can I say? We have been through the meal. Um, if there was one thing, I keep saying if there's one thing, but like you're out of this now. Go out going forward. What key glimmer of hope would you give somebody who either's just come out of this or whatever, um, or is still in it and thinking about, you know, leaving a 
emotionally abusive because it's hard, man. Because like, like especially with the financial mm-hmm. abuse, emotional abuse. Like you're sitting there going, "Oh, I'm, I'm you know, I'm never going to get another relationship," which actually may not be a bad thing. But you know, how am I going to survive? Um, how am I going to bring up? I've only got one child, but like people have two, three, four kids, right? How am I going to do that? How am I going to work and, you know, give my child? Look, at the end of the day, I sort of sit there and go, you just do. But do you have, is there any, is there a key thing that you learned from your situation that you sort of could give hope to people? Absolutely. At the end of the day, (laughs) as trivial as this may seem, you still have your smile. And step by step, you repossess your joy. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say, you know, I don't like the way that this feels. It's okay to say, I'm lonely. I would like to have some companionship or I don't feel, you know, it's okay to have these feelings. I don't know why we live in a world where people are so afraid of their own shadow, right? And at the end of the day, those negative feelings are your shadow, right? So own it. But you know what? Sometimes when I cry and I have those ugly cry and I'm just like, you know, and then I start laughing <laughs> because I'm like, you're still beautiful in it, even in this moment. Like you still have that. And so shake it off, rise up, get up tomorrow and you have a whole new day. You have a choice each and every day who you want to be. And as long as you wake up each and every day and say, you know what, I don't like the way yesterday felt, or I don't like the way the last 12 years of my life felt, but today I'm going to smile and I'm going to put my best foot forward to be the best person that I can be today. And if you fall short again, you can do it all over again the next day. As long as you, I don't care if you have to get up, you know, it's a saying that says fall down seven times, stand up eight, right? If it takes you seven days, that you feel like crap, it's okay to get back to next Monday and start all over again and just smile, embrace your joy and do what you got to do to get through this moment. But it is not okay to stay there and it is not okay to go back to it either. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's take small steps, small steps, one step at a time, one day at a time. You're right. And like my view, my view when it was really, when I was having really black times, really like, how am I do, how, how do I deal with the job I was dealing with? You know, the abuse I was still getting outside of the, you know, when I came out of the relationship, how do I deal with sleepless nights because my son was like teething or whatever and I had to get up and go to work the next day my view was just like (laughs) used to just put him to bed and go right I'm going to bed now I'm not staying up I'm not thinking about anything I'm just going to go to bed when he goes to bed go to sleep because then if I sleep tomorrow's another day and we get up and we just move forward right get up tomorrow will be different right we we can guarantee that tomorrow will be different right um and so i just used to go to i used to go to sleep i used to go to bed go to sleep close my eyes get you know and get as much sleep as i possibly could and you just get you just tomorrow's another day and at the end of the day you're the one who has choices in your you have choices right um mm-hmm. so it is about you choose how your day goes you choose whether you want to be horrendous grumpy and, and like sometimes believe you me 
PMS and all that PT, uh, PST and all that stuff, right? Some days you do, you really do want to be grumpy all day, right? It's the hormones, but yeah, you know, it's just you choose it, you choose what you want to be, and it's sometimes it's just taking a deep breath and going, oh, you know, um, let's just get through the next hour. Let's get through the next hour, then I can have a little celebrate and go on to the next hour as such. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Just start smiling. Just start smiling. Like, even when you're grumpy, like when you real, you know, I catch myself being crazy. I'm like, oh my God, let me go home. I am acting crazy. Like, especially on a full moon, right? At at Walmart. I'm like, oh, "Oh, it is time to go home because I've had enough. (laughs) But, you know, like when I find myself having those negative emotions and I smile, like it's something about smiling and try to smile for like 30 seconds to a, a minute. And you start to release like the anxiety. It's almost like the healing of a deep breath, right? But just smile, you know, even when you don't feel like it, just smile because the more you get in the habit of smiling, the more you start to send that signal out to the universe that I deserve to be happy. And and, and it works really well for getting you back into that place of happiness and peace. Yeah, I agree with you. Look, how do people connect with you? Because if people have like listened to what we're saying, they want to get your book, they want to like, you know, um, even have a conversation with you. Maybe they're in an emotional or abusive situation and want to talk to you or whatever. Um, how do they, how do they contact you? My website is alexisnicolewhite.com. I am on all social media as Alexis, that is A-A-H-H-L-L-E-E-X-X-I-S. So there's all double letters and it's in the words of Oprah Winfrey, because one day I imagine I will have a Super Soul Sunday session with Oprah. God love her. And she's going to say, my next guest is Alexis Nicole Wayne. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go. (laughs) <laughs> the smile. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hi, Oprah. Yes. <laughs> no. And look, and that woman, wow, she's an amazing woman herself. Um, she's been through a hell of a lot, and she's a woman who said, "Nothing's going to stop me." Uh. Uh-uh. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got her book here actually on my bedside table. Um. Yeah, so I'm I'm reading bits and pieces out of her book. Um, what is it? It's about it's things that I I can't remember the title of it. Things that I should have known, or things that I realise, or I don't know. It's it's mm-hmm. a it's from her day. She wrote a column in a newspaper, and it was things that she um, things that she realised. You know, she was like, wow, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, it's it was it's a great book. I've actually highlighted it and marked it and all of those various different things. But okay, so great. So it, um, I'll post all of your website bits and pieces uh, down in the podcasty blurb. Um, so hey, I have one final question for you. One final question for you. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? What would it be, Alexis? My superpower is being my son's mom. And the reason why I say that is because every child is unique. And only we as parents, we know how to parent our child. You know, if you think about it from the time that you give birth to, you know, like, you're like, okay, I know my baby's going to cry. Like you start to be in tune with your body, your baby. 
And so it's like, okay, I have a feeling, you know, you just start doing crazy stuff. Like day three, yeah. I, I was in Walmart and he started crying and I just something reached down in my pocket and there was a pacifier. Like, I have no idea how the pacifier got there, but it was just there, you know? And so as time progressed, you know, it's like, I just know what to do with my son. I know when he's sad, I know when he's, I know what he needs. And I think that that's the most beautiful thing about being a parent um, is that you start to know how to do things the right, even when you don't know what the right thing is, you're perfect enough just for your kid. And, and that's what makes it special for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it is a superpower. Let's face it. These little people that we're bringing up. Um, hey, and look at the end of the day, like we're super special too, right? All of us are. All of us mm -hmm. human beings are. One in four billion chance of us all being born, right? Like as, of me being born, of you being born, all of those sort of things. So, yeah, man. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for coming on the podcast and speaking to us about your experience and about how to actually like put a positive spin on everything and like just get out there and do what you need to That's do. That's right. Put on your big girl panties or your big boy drawers and just go ahead and go. <laughs> exactly right. No, I agree. I agree. Look, thank you so much again. And um, hey, look, I, it's evening where you are. You're in the state. Uh, it's Saturday night for you. You've got all of Sunday ago. It's Sunday lunchtime for me. So um, hey, look, thank you. I'll let you get on with your Saturday night. And um, yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for having me, Claire. I really appreciate it. And I hope that what I said resonates with your audience to be their best selves always. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com we are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.